Hello, everyone. Welcome to Celtic Preachers Podcast 201. And today we're going to be talking about what Jesus calls guarding your heart. It's like protecting yourself. It's um, easy to get discouraged, especially this time of year, I think. I think especially in the winter, maybe, uh, well, in the West here, you know, maybe it's these long, dark nights and colder and whatever else. But I I think, and Christmas, of course, that's always a hard time for people for various reasons, right? Because our lives are never like the Hallmark movies. But uh, yeah, Jesus had uh, quite a fair piece to say on learning how to guard your heart. You know, when... We are going through a season when we just don't feel like our usual selves. Maybe we're not very happy in our work. And it is definitely not what we hoped for. Or maybe our home life isn't what we imagined. It's it's a lot more... (laughs) It calls for a lot more. (laughs) It's more exhausting. Or maybe we go through times when we struggle with a lack of purpose. Or a restlessness. Or we get... Impatient because a project that we've put so much thought and time into is failing or is just not turning out the way that we want. What happens? Well, oftentimes we get discouraged, don't we? We often get discouraged. We get weighed down. And uh, yeah, this is common. We, when we live this way, yeah, we... When we, things are not going the way we want, we can often get weighed down. Now, this is what's fascinating. Jesus teaches a completely different way to respond to life's ups and downs. And he teaches that despondency or spiritual lethargy or emotional lethargy isn't due primarily to difficulties. It's more about apathy that's running the show. And he says that apathy is really about, apathy happens when we distract ourselves or we get busy or we numb out in various ways to hardship and ultimately the pain catches up with us. And the end result is, is we have a weaker inner life. So the, the end result is we become, we become more fear, fearful or more anxious or more depressed. And it's all about, as far as Jesus is concerned, when we feel disconnected from God, when we feel disconnected from people, and by the way, the two are often connected, Uh, When we find ourselves withdrawing, something has our attention. And that's something, if you pause and think, may well be connected with a fear of some sort. Now, it might not be in the surface, but if you pause and reflect and you start to go down a little bit deeper and you get to the root of despondency, it may well have something to do with fear. So today we're going to be looking at 
Jesus teaching on how to live in a broken world, obviously, right? It's war-torn. We know it's insecure. And uh, at times that can feel most threatening to us. Now, he says withdrawing isn't the answer. Instead, he has this phrase that I found in Luke 21. It's called guard your heart. Learn how to guard your heart. But first, I'm going to give you a little bit of background to this text. So this is a little bit teaching time on the text itself. Because, you know, this is... um, this particular passage, and there's quite a few of these passages in the New Testament, they're passages that talk about the last days. And they're passages that speak about the end of the world. And they, they'll often come up, uh, if you're in any uh, mainline church or Catholic church, they'll come up at this time of the year because they happen to be on the calendar and uh, the, for the text. And they're always, they always sound a bit like doom and gloom. The end of the world, and there's wars and famines and earthquakes and rumors of wars. And, but, you know, soon the Son of Man will be coming with power and glory and stand up and lift up your hearts because your redemption's drawing near. Yeah, I mean, the whole style of writing this kind of literature is very, very different than the other parts of the of the scripture. And it might be the type of passage that you would skip over if you were reading your Bible at home. Because, you know, the scripture, this is an ancient library. The Bible is an ancient library of many, many different kinds of literature. And it was written over a period of maybe 1,500 years. And within the one book, you have all sorts of different kinds of writing. You have poems and you have prayers. And there's historical accounts. And there's letters. Apostle Paul was, I mean, three quarters of the New Testament is Paul's letters to his churches. And we have parables. We've seen them. We've heard them a lot because we, they're about stories, right? And there's miracles, of course, miracle stories. So there's so many different kinds of literature, but one particular kind is called apocalyptic literature. And it was only written about, say, 300 years before Christ and then about 100 years after Christ. It had its heyday when the young church, the first church, were going through great difficulties. So the background can often help us apply a passage to our lives. So the background is that the early church, the early Christians, after Jesus left them, life wasn't easy for the early church. Ancient Rome ruled the land, destroyed the holy city of Jerusalem, temple was just destroyed. This happened in 70, um, 70 years after Jesus. And life was really, really hard and persecution was common. And this type of literature was meant to, wasn't meant to scare people because the people are already scared. It was actually meant to encourage them and strengthen them when they were going through these times of horrible turmoil and wars and famines and troubles and persecutions. 
And uh, let, me, let me read, let me give you an example of this kind of literature. This is from Luke 21. Let me just give you an example of this, apocalyptic style. It says, in those days, there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars, and on the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring of the sea, and people will faint from terror and apprehension of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And at that time, they will see the Son of Man in a cloud with power and glory. And when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your hearts because your redemption is drawing near. Now, it's a different style, isn't it? You know, talking about the Son of Man coming with clouds and power and glory and signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. He's saying, you know, the entire planet's going to be affected. Everything's going to be shaken. Everything's going to be disturbed. When that happens, which it will, it did back then and it's still happening today, obviously. Luke is saying, lift up your heart, he writes. Actually, he's quoting Jesus. Lift up your hearts. Lift up your hearts. When people faint with fear, when life is overwhelming, Jesus is saying, I want you to learn how to stand up and raise your head, which is absolutely the, the absolute opposite of what we would want to do. Because you see, if life is overwhelming to you, you're not going to be raising your head up, you're going to be bowing your head down, aren't you? So what he's doing here is, Jesus, before he... By the way, this took place very near the end of his life, and he's speaking to his students, and he's saying, now look, things are going to get hard, and I want you to learn not just survive and not just cope. I want you to be able to stand up and raise up your heads and not get bowed down and discouraged. Now, 2,000 years later, today, our lives are very different from the first followers here in the Western Hemisphere. That's very, we're very, it's very, very different. Our struggles are not the same. But every generation has its own particular anxieties about living in this world, right? It doesn't matter if you're 15 or 50 or 100. It doesn't really matter. Whatever generation you're in, you will have your own worries or anxieties, right? You'll have your own stress. And what Jesus is encouraging us is, really warning us, he's saying, now look, pay attention. Pay attention to your life. Because I want you to stay strong and I want you to be alert. And I want you to be awake so that when you face various challenges, and troubles and disappointments and sickness, you'll be able to stand. I don't want you withdrawing. I don't want you despairing. I want you to learn how to stay strong. So he's saying, I want you to be careful or your hearts will get weighed down, so guard your heart. It's like, okay, well, what, how do you do that? How in the world do you guard your heart? 
What does that look like? Well, I think what he, and he's, meant, he's taught this before, it's really about paying attention to certainly what you're thinking, paying attention to your inner life. And Jesus addresses different ways of coping. And he's very straightforward when he'll tell you what isn't helpful. He'll say things like, now, I'll tell you what isn't helpful. Don't get weighed down by dissipation, drunkenness, and worry. Now, that word dissipation, which we do not use much at all, it's like um, if you take a dry sponge and then you pour water over it and satiate the sponge and get it all wet. He's saying, now, don't get weighed down by dissipation. If you're dry, if you are weak, you don't want to be filling up with the wrong things. Don't get weighed down by dissipation or drunkenness or worry. And when he's talking about drunkenness, he's not talking about alcohol here. He's talking about anything that numbs you, anything that... Um, dulls you in some way to help you cope with life and fear and stress. And it can be anything. I mean, we can, we can get drunk on anything. It's like addiction. We would use addiction nowadays. That would be a better word for us. You see, don't get weighed down by dissipation or, or addiction. And you can actually become addicted to anything, right? You can become addicted to worrying. You can become addicted to... Um, well, all the usual things, eating and shopping and TV and sports and all that kind of stuff, right? He's saying, and by the way, you can be addicted to things that aren't necessarily horrible, like, I don't know, romance novels, right? It's like, well, what's the big deal about romance no novels? Well, he'd say, just watch that it, it doesn't dull you. Just watch that it doesn't dull all your emotional, spiritual senses. Because what you do to your, your body affects, as we all know this, right? What we do to our body affects our emotional life. So it's like feeling a bit out of tune, feeling a, a bit disconnected, feeling a bit weighed down. Uh, could it be? You're not pay, paying attention to how you're treating your body, right? So very, very practical advice that Jesus gives. It's like avoid meaningless attachments, you know? Be on your guard so that your hearts are weighed down. You don't want to get weighed down by the wrong things. You don't want to get addicted to the wrong things and try and numb all your senses or deaden your senses. You know, we can get so caught up in work or pursuing something or reaching a particular goal that, you know, everything else just gets pushed to the side. Watch out for this, he's saying. Guard your heart. That damages you in greater ways than you think. It's like worry. It damages you. Um, the only way out of that is to place your attention on something else. Not that that's easy to do, I must say. 
but he never gave us anything easy to do, quite frankly. I've never found a single teaching that is easy that Jesus gave. But he does say, um, yeah, guard your heart. You know, this is the way he, he did it, Jesus. Because this is happening at the end of his life. And during the day, he taught at the temple. Like he's doing his thing. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. And at night, he would go out onto the Mount of Olives and he would pray, gaining strength for the next day. He knew how to gain strength. That's how he would guard his heart. That's how he would protect himself. He would pray, which is really about telling yourself what's true. I think prayer is about what has your attention, right? So if you want to guard your heart, if you want to protect yourself, we have to reflect on what has our attention in the first place. Because if, if we're getting weighed down by worry, Jesus would say, well, tell me what you're thinking about. What are you telling yourself? Because that's not prayer, right? You have to start to tell yourself what's true. That's what guarding your heart is. So if you're the worrying kind of person, long lists of you know, what's wrong with my life, that's not going to be a very helpful prayer, right? Because you already know that anyway. It just reminds you of what's wrong. You know, if your prayer is, oh God, I hate this life, my best friend's sick and I can't handle this family conflict again this Christmas and I hate my marriage is falling apart or I know we're headed for divorce and we're never going to make it financially, we're going to end up in the streets. You know, I mean, if you, if you think that way, of course... Yeah, of course, we're going to get discouraged. But to pray what is true, that's a different thing altogether because it's putting your attention on what God says. And that's entirely different than what our emotional lives tell us. Because God says, you know, it doesn't matter what happens in your life, whether it's in sickness or whether it's in health, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to take care of you. And I'm going to help you and I'll give you what you need. And you will make it, no matter what you have to go through. I mean, that's what God says, right? It's like, whatever has our attention, that's important. So if I'm telling myself that I don't have what, what it takes, I'm going to go down. But if I'm praying, God, you tell me that you will provide, that is guarding my heart. If I'm worried about the future and I say, God, you say not to worry about the future because you'll take care of the future. Today has enough worries of its own. You say that, I'm guarding my heart. I'm not as likely to be as overwhelmed, right? I'm not as likely to be overcome. Whatever happens, if I keep reminding myself of that, we're able to stand because God's the one who holds us. So a big, big part of our spiritual life is learning 
ways to guard our hearts and to tell ourselves what is true. Now, for me, I've always found one of the easiest, most accessible ways is to listen uh, to the right kind of music. And it's music that's going to, in some way, reflect God's truth back to me. And you may have other ways of doing it, you know? Certainly, of course, um, the scripture, yeah. I mean, that's where, that's where I get all these ideas from, right? I mean, I'm not making them up. <laughs> so that is the source of truth, isn't it? But there'll be other ways that you'll find, you know? Maybe just getting outside and spending some time out in the creation. You know, that's what's going to help guard your heart. Whatever helps in a good way, in a strengthening way, in a nurturing way. Jesus is saying, look, there's lots of ways that you can, you can get through this life. They're not all good. They're not all good. You can worry yourself from the beginning to the end. Um, you, can, you can find all sorts of addictions to numb yourself from the beginning of life to the end of life. That's not really living. What he's saying is, I want you to learn how to guard your heart and tell yourself what is true. And there's the prayer, and there's the heart cry as we move into this somewhat hectic, busy season. Uh, yeah, Christmas, God help us. Help us to guard our hearts, to focus on what we need to focus on and let go of all the rest. It's the prayer, it's the heart cry. Thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode. <laughs>